Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unstoppable with me. That's right, Kerwin Ray. I am your host with Natalie Jill, and this chick is like lightning. Natalie kills fat for a living. She holds a degree in health and human performance, is a best-selling author, and has appeared on networks like Fox News and NBC. And in this episode, I'm going to sit down with Natalie, and we're going to talk how you can use the online space to transform your passion into a successful business. So for those of you who want to learn how to commercialize your passion, for those of you who want to learn how to make a greater success out of your business, listen up. Let's get hot and let's get heavy. So it is our great pleasure and honor to have uh, Natalie Jill. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Now you really are like you're a mover and a shaker. Like you've <laughs> done some incredible stuff on social media. Uh, but I hope you don't mind me saying this. Like you, you're someone who's come in and you've crushed it on social media for your business, but you've done it within a demographic, an age demographic, where people are saying, well, shit, I, 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 I'm not sure this Instagram thing is for me. I'm not sure this True. Facebook thing is for me. Before we jump into that and find out more about your, your success in social media, for anyone who's perhaps been sleeping under a rock for the last uh, five years, tell us a little bit about Natalie Jill. Like, What's your story? Gosh, it's so funny because... You probably get asked this a yeah, thousand no, times, it's, right? It's great. I, I really, I'm just like everybody else. Uh, the only difference is that when I decide something, I have conviction about it and I just go for it and I don't let anybody's opinion or beliefs I've been told stop me. I call them self-imposed stops. So I just kind of bust through things. So people are always so fascinated by my age and that I reach that demographic and and whatnot. Because you don't mind talking about age. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, you're 47, is that right? I'll be 47 this summer, yes. Fantastic. I'm 43, so I'm in the 40s club. Got it, got it. And when I started all this, everyone would say, you're too old, it's too late. And I just, I refuse to listen to it. I just keep going. And I really am just like everybody else. And I really pride myself and I teach about busting through what I call self-imposed stops. So it's all that stuff, like you just said, age, too old, or nobody's on social media, or it's too late, or I'm injured, or whatever. It's Because as soon as we believe that, we start to find more evidence of that. Yeah. But you've, you've, you've broken through not only through mediums that are considered to be, you know, uh, not accessible to our demographic, mm-hmm. but you've also broken into an industry which is dominated by these millennials in yeah. bikinis yeah. Uh, and board shorts that are crushing. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So where, what's your story from the beginning? Like how sure. did you end up being this fitness icon sure. uh, that we see today? It's so funny when I hear fitness icon because <laughs> I'm really, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I was in corporate America. I was in sales. I was a mom. I, I was a normal. Dental implants, right? Dental implants. Yeah. yeah, I was a sales director for a dental implant company. and um, But I was always passionate about fitness and nutrition. Okay. And then what happened was one of those turning points in your life where stuff happens to you and you can look at it as, okay, my life's over, this happened to me, or you can use it as this fuel of this is happening for me mm-hmm. and where, what am I going to take from here? So when I was in my uh, mid-30s, towards later 30s, I found myself in a situation where I looked like I had this perfect life. I had this great corporate job, the husband, the two dogs, I was pregnant, everything looked just perfect. And it wasn't. Uh, the housing market in the United States had crashed big time. The financial market had crashed. I was going through a divorce and I was pregnant wow. and I had gained a lot of weight. I had eaten myself out of being sad and being depressed and I had gained a lot of weight. So I had all this stuff going wrong in my life. And I remember, in fact, I remember specifically this one day walking uh, pregnant with my two dogs in this nice neighborhood thinking, oh my gosh, anyone that saw me right now, they would think I have this perfect life. And what they don't know is that I'm really lonely and hurting inside and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life because I knew I didn't have any money. I had run through money. I knew my house was, I was about to lose my house. I knew that my best friend, my 
husband and I were splitting up. I knew I was going to be a new single mom and I was overweight. And I just remember thinking, I'm so alone and I'm so sad and I don't even know what to do. Like just really that, that really sad rock bottom place. And it wasn't, I I had to stay with that for a few months. I had to like really just be in that depression and that validation of my life sucks. You know, sometimes we just are there. I want to just, yeah, Yeah. I wanted to find other validation that my life sucks. (laughs) And then, um, and then one day it just wasn't working for me anymore. I thought this isn't who I am. This isn't what I've stood for. This is not what I taught in sales. This is not what I am to people. Like, what do I, what is it that I teach? What is it that I've studied? And it really was about creating a vision and having goals and how to achieve a goal. And I thought, well, why can't I do that for my life? So I sat down one day and I did the cheesy vision board. You know, people say it's cheesy, but I still do them every now, every year till this day. I, I started cutting out through magazines, pictures of how I wanted to feel and what I wanted to be. And it sort of surprised me that I put a lot of fitness stuff on there um, because I was overweight and older now. And I thought, well, but that's what I wanted it to look like. That's what it felt inside, like I wanted it to look like. So I put all this stuff on a vision board. And I remember I thought, if I just could look at this every day and start pretending like I'm the person in that vision board and take actions that that person would take, that it's got to work. It's got to work. If I look at this and can feel that way and take those actions, how will it not work? And so you were act- consciously, actively looking at your vision board every yes, day. Yes, every day. I would stick it. I stuck it in my kitchen. Yeah. And every day I would just stare at it. And I remember wasn't doing anything in fitness and I had these ripped girls on there and I had happy couples and a beach and I put this golf course view and a puppy. I just put all this happy stuff (laughs) and I just would stare at it and think, okay, I'm not that now, but I'm going to pretend like I am by looking at it. Like, What's the difference of looking at yourself in the mirror and making that a reality or looking at something else and making it a reality and starting to act as if you're that? So I just decided, and it's not woo-woo, it's not I'm just going to look at it and it just happens. I took action towards it. I'm looking at it and I thought, okay, I see this. I'm gonna, what would a person that's fit do? Well, they would research how to eat healthy. Well, they would work out. They would move their body. Um, what so would, you didn't have a history in sports or, or anything up until this point? Nothing. Right. So how I, old are you? Like, you're, yeah, you're, now, I'm, now I'm, well, at this time I'm yeah. in my mid 30s um, right. to late 30s. This yeah. was going on then. And I'm now 40, I'm gonna be 47 this summer. So, yeah. um, but I had, I had always worked out, but I yeah. didn't have any knowledge of it. So yeah, I, right. I, on my own, went and studied getting my personal training, um, became a licensed master sports nutritionist for my own knowledge, never intending to help others with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Did it for my own knowledge. Uh, at the time, Facebook was just starting out. Um, I had my 100 friends from high school on there. I didn't have a big following. And I thought, okay, I don't have any friends here because I just moved to California. Um, I'm lonely and I'm doing this healthy eating and working out for myself. I need to be accountable to somebody. So I started posting it on Facebook. And I was the original, uh, this is what I'm eating poster. You know, like this is, <laughs> here's my broccoli and chicken. Here's my fish. And I just started posting it. And I was super authentic because I didn't care what anyone thought or I was doing it for my own accountability. And I would say, I'm going to post my meals every day. Now I knew I had to. And I knew I'd put Doritos that... I'd get called out on it because I'm saying I'm eating healthy. So I started posting it. And what happened was amazing. People were interested in it. And they loved following the authenticity behind it. So I started getting a little bit of a following. They wanted to know, what is she eating? What is she doing? And next, I would start sharing what I was doing for my workouts. And people were interested. And I was being vulnerable. I was just connecting with people. I was being real. I wasn't trying to market or sell anything. But people started asking. They started seeing my transformation and they said, well, how are you eating that way? What are you doing? 
And so I remember one day somebody said, why don't you make a recipe book? And I said, I don't know how to make a recipe book. And they said, um, make an ebook. And I remember Googling ebook. What does that mean? I didn't know what it meant, an electronic book. So I had, a, I had one of those old Blackberry phones, not even an iPhone. And I had all my ugly food pictures. And I sat down one weekend and I put them all in a Word document for my Blackberry phone. And I turned it into a PDF file and I made an ebook for $10. And I posted on Facebook and said, I, I put a recipe book together, an ebook. Um, for those of you who asked, it's $10. And I put a little PayPal link, and people bought it. I couldn't believe it. Wow. They bought it. And not only did they buy it, they liked it. And they started asking more questions. You know, hey, how do you, um, how do you put this into a diet? How would you put this in a diet? So I took another weekend, and I wrote what is now my seven-day jumpstart. But I wrote it in a weekend. This is a best-selling book in stores now, but I wow. wrote it in a weekend, um, seven-day jumpstart. I just said everything I just told you, but then also how I did it with the nutrition, and I put it out there for $35, I remember, and um, people bought it. And I really was never in it trying to make money. It was more yeah. just, okay, I'm going to cover my costs. This is going to help a little. Yeah. But people bought it. They loved it. They would lose weight. And they would send me a message on Facebook and say, hey, your seven-day jumpstart's amazing. I lost weight. I feel great. My energy's back. Uh, thank you for creating this. And I would say, that's incredible. Can I share this? It might be motivating for other people. And they, yes, of course. So I'd share it. And I'd say, oh, my gosh, you guys, look at Sarah. She lost five pounds. She did it. You can do it, too. Who's next? And it started spreading like wildfire. I mean, it took off. This one ebook created millions of dollars in revenue and helped so many people. I, I couldn't believe it. Over what period did it start to take off and really start to... That to, first to year started wow. really taking off and then it just exploded. I had a really strong two years of this product just blowing up. I couldn't even believe it. And I remember people would say to me, oh, you know, everybody has an ebook or why is this special? And it... And, it really taught me that sometimes what you don't know is better. Like, mm. I, I'm glad I didn't know there was a million ebooks or that there's a million diets out there. I just taught what I had a solution for. And I was speaking to others that were in my situation, others that didn't have extra money to go afford fancy gyms and diets. I was speaking to the woman who had given up, who, had, who was a mom, who really wanted it simple, was tired of the information overload and the gimmicks. And I just spoke to them and I taught it. And it was really serving others. And I was listening to them and connecting, and it worked. It worked. And that product not only became a tremendous uh, ebook, it's now a best selling book in stores. Wow. Yeah. And so, what's happened with the commercialization? Because this is, you, you've, I guess you're like the accidental entrepreneur. Yeah, I am an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> but I get a sense there's an enormous body yeah. of experience that got you to, even sure. though you were a corporate Miss, you know, Miss America. Sounds like you had a background in sales. Yes, I, I'm a salesperson. So, yeah. and, and to me, sales and marketing are very different. Um, a salesperson, it gets a bad rap. A salesperson is a solution finder that knows how to present solutions. That's really what a salesperson is. They solve problems and present solutions. A marketing person who's some up, someone who comes up with a message and just tries to get it out there to the masses, trickery to, you know, I'm going to get all these people and then someone's going to come in. I, I'm a terrible marketer. Yeah, I fail right. at that. I've tried. I suck at it. It's That's not my strength. Your, your Facebook account would say otherwise. But yeah. that's my, that's connecting yeah. and sharing but and being a, real. That's, that's a new form of marketing. That's a new media. Yes. So, yeah. but they are different. So, so yes, my spidey senses go up and I say, okay, someone needs help. Let me help them. But I, it was never about creating a business. I, I made it into a business, but yeah. it wasn't the initial intention. 
So when you started to think about the commercialization of this, because I think there's plenty of people, you know, they're doing their passion. Yes. But at some point they're like, well, how do I do my passion and pay the bills? Yes. You started with, well, I'll just put a recipe book together for 10 bucks. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that sold a few copies. I might put another one together, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. $35. Uh, how did you then go on to commercialize further from there? Like, Great what, question. What other ways did you, did you monetize? Yeah. So, well, for starters, the, the disconnect I see a lot of times with people that say that um, is they're scared to start because they're stuck in perfection. Like, mm. it has to be perfect. I didn't even think about that. I just went. I'm, my husband says, I'm ready, fire, 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 and now I might aim. Ready, fire, <laughs> you know? aim, yeah. I'm not already aim, aim, aim. A lot of people are aiming forever, and they yeah. just never fire. Yeah, right. I didn't care that there was grammar errors. I didn't care that it was my ugly Blackberry photos. I just did it. It's improved over time. I just did it. You just go for it. So that's the first thing. As far as what, how did it go from there, I've made a lot of mistakes, as most business people yeah. have done. Um, going from there is it, I continued to listen to what people wanted. So they liked my seven-day jumpstart. Now they want workouts. So a DVD was next. Um, I made a physical DVD. Now they want it electronically. I make that. So it was always listening. What are, what are they asking for and creating? Where I failed many times, um, and failure's fine, um, but where I failed many times was trying to guess ahead, mm. trying to say, I want, I want to do this, yeah. um, they'll buy it. That, that doesn't work. It, it has always come back to when I listen to my audience, when I listen to my client and create what they want, that works. When I try to do it from a, a money-making standpoint or this is what somebody else is doing or this is what I should do, that hasn't worked for me. Yeah, right. And so now, is, is, the, the, is your business predominantly just books and videos now? My business is a big scope of things now. Yeah, it's right. been, so what's and, involved? So, so what, I would say the main, a big part of my business is ebooks and academies, programs okay. that I've created. Um, that is a big part of what I've done. I've made video academies. Um, like I have a product called Full Body Reset, which is a really, it's like my seven-day jumpstart, but through video and connection. We do weekly Zoom calls. There's there's a lot involved there. So it's like a little community. A little community yeah, that right. I built. So that's a big part of my business. I, and that's all the digital side, the Got digital it. side. And then I also have... Um, I do a VIP weekends where I get small groups of women together yeah, and we right. retreat together. And it's like in a weekend we break through a lot of this. So, but it's in-person connection. I do a lot of that, love that. And then I do because it's fun for me and I love social media and I love um, being creative and creating things. I do do brand um, brand deals, endorsement deals where a company will come to me. If the product fits in with what I do and my yeah. audience, I will come up with a campaign for them. And yeah, right. have, get, that's where I get my creativity out. Okay, it's, very, right. it's really fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I see that you've done incredibly well. Like, is, Do you think social media is the ingredient, one of the key ingredients for your success? Initially. Yeah. Initially it is. It Initially, social media, I would not have been where I am right now had it not been for Facebook initially. I owe okay. Facebook a lot. That's why they can punish me with their bad algorithms <laughs> now because I do owe them a lot. Yeah. I'm happy to pay yeah. Facebook for ads because they. I really, I made a lot of money from Facebook initially without paying a penny to them. You yeah. know, they did a lot for me. So yes, initially. On the other side of it, I think social media can hurt us now because we can get me and many people I've talked to, you get so caught up with uh, the likes and the co- competition out there that it yeah. can distract you from your bigger picture and what you're doing. So I, as much as I am on social media and I will continue to be, I really work to focus on getting people off of that into, into my own communities. Yeah, right. So you've actually separated and created segregated communities yes. off Facebook. So you're yes. using Facebook groups? I do use Facebook yep. groups, but I also have those people on my email or in my Zooms. Okay. You know, I people are separate, not just in my Facebook community. Well, you're not a small player. You've got 1.8 million on Facebook. 
your your Instagram. What's your Instagram? It's almost like almost five hundred thousand. Almost five hundred. Oh, almost there. You got two hundred eighty-seven thousand on uh, on YouTube. You got over thirty thousand on Twitter. Uh, th- these aren't small numbers. So uh, clearly, you've tapped into a vein of understanding something. Like, what do you think has been yeah. really key for you having the penetration that you've had across so many different? Because some people sure. are like, especially fitness, they're Instagram deep. Yes. Facebook non-existent, Twitter non-existent. But you seem to have this cross-platform yeah. presence that's kind of rare. I think I'm, I'm consistent and I've taken the time to learn. So Pinterest okay. is another big one for me. I've, I've loved Pinterest. Yeah, um, right. I, I never just did what other people were doing. I studied things. So I was Facebook first. And then when I heard about Instagram, I obsessed over Instagram for a few weeks to figure it out. I didn't just hire somebody to do it. I didn't buy followers. I just learned it and tried to learn the nature of it. Same thing with Pinterest. I would just dive in and study it. Now, social media can be very, very time consuming to do it right. So I don't. I can't say that I'm an expert on it. I what I will say is I do take the time to learn it, understand it, study it, dial in my message, you're and then I stick there. Like you're, it's not like you're sitting there running seminars on how to learn how to make money through social media. You're doing this every day. Exactly. And it's supporting you know quite a considerable little empire and enterprise yes. that you've got there. Yes. So what's been the key like the key for you when it comes to penetrating? Has it been le- taking the time to learn, or is it the input you know putting? focus on good quality content or a combination it's a little bit about it's it's taking the time to learn it initially first not just delegating and hiring out i see a lot of entrepreneurs do that wrong they just think they can hire someone and do their do you think there's a there's a there's a there comes a time in a like either a solopreneur or a business owner's life where they should do it initially but at some point they should outsource you should always do it initially just to understand it it's just like any part of any any anyone successful in business will tell you the same thing that they had to learn something first. Yeah. Otherwise, how do you ever know you what you're it? and how do you know that you're getting a good value for what yeah. you're paying? I've done every aspect of my business at one point. I've videoed, I've done edits, I've worked on building my website. I've done everything at one point on my own just so I understand it. Yeah. Doesn't mean I can't hire someone better then. Yeah. But yes, initially I think it's important to put a little bit of time into understanding. And then as far as content, there's also, again, no trickery. I think people go wrong there. It's about just being real and being yourself. Like the thing that you're scared to post is what you should post. Mm. Like, Because that's what makes you look real. Yeah, just being real. Yeah. Just If you have to do a million filters before you put your video on, there, there's a problem right there. You know, just I the people I see doing exceptionally well on social media, and I don't mean exceptionally well as they have millions of likes and it just looks there. Someone that's actually earning income, growing a community from social media, they're doing it by being really real and authentic. They're mm. being real. They're sharing what's actually happening in their life. That's why Instagram stories, that's why Snapchat, why all of those do well because it's very real. So how much has video played a role as a media? Video is huge for me. Yeah. I love video because video really is where that connection is. Is that your favorite format? Video is my favorite yeah. format. Yeah, absolutely. And even greater than video on grand scale, I, l- I love using Zoom. I mean, just having, you know, you get 100 people in one of your programs on a Zoom call with you where you're actually looking at their face and you have a little mini meeting, they can chat with you. That to me is my favorite. So when it comes to, you've got, I've, I've lost count of how many videos that you've got out there, but you've a got lot. a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cumulative views. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume it's in the billions now. Is I it? have no. Idea. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a lot, but maybe. Well, I'm gonna yeah. assume that it's 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 right up there. Um, but I'm curious to know from you because anyone is listening to this, they're not going to be hearing this for the first time. Like the importance of being real. Yes. The importance of being genuine uh, and authentic. But how do you construct content in a way which is real, genuine, authentic that people actually want to listen to? 
Because sometimes, yeah. you know, you see people doing the Facebook Live. Yeah. And they're like, oh, babe, you're actually doing more damage to your brand. You know, yeah. you're being real. You're being authentic. You're being genuine. But what we're seeing isn't really going to, you know, it's not yeah. going to create that impact that you're looking for commercially or even well, for your brand. It's getting grounded with who you're trying to attract, first of all. Like, if you're just going on there trying to please everyone, that's never going to work. So, like, I'm very clear who I'm talking to okay. all the time. So Whether who do you I'm, talk to? When you make a video, who do you talk to? Yeah, so if I'm, if, and if it's in fitness, nutrition, weight loss, mindset, if it's in that space, I am always talking to that female that's like age 35 to 60, yeah. that's overweight, that has given up on themselves, but needs a kick in the butt. That's who I'm talking to. I'm very clear about that. I'm not talking to men. doesn't mean a man can't find my stuff and buy my programs. Yeah. That's not who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to the 18-year-old. I'm not talking to the 25-year-old perfect person. I'm not talking to the personal trainer that has no audience that is bitter about it, um, that I'm having views. I'm talking to the woman that is hurting right now because they're overweight, they're down, they've lost their way, and they need to kick in the butt. That's what I'm talking to. I'm very clear. Is it conscious? Is it a conscious mindset when you go in to do a video? Yeah, I like, ground myself. Like, yeah, right. hey, what am, what am I going on here to do? And what am I, te- am I adding value? Am I going to teach something that has value? Although I, I very much ad lib, I always have bullets or some kind of, yeah. you know, track. I'm, I'm very clear. I even ground myself to, okay, so what if I go live right now and there's somebody really mean and they're hating on me? Like, how am I going to handle that? I, I talk myself through this ahead of time, and I remind myself I'm going to ignore them because that's not who my audience is. So you still get, I can imagine at your scale, you'd get haters? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, everybody does. And yeah. I don't, it doesn't affect me really anymore because I, the majority of what I get is not a hater. Yeah. You know, but every now and then you'll get somebody. And What's I'm your human. strategy dealing with trolls or haters? So it used to be, it used to be argue with them and prove them that I'm right, but that never actually worked. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> I finally figured it out. Like, it doesn't matter. I could argue with this guy for eight hours online and waste my whole day. He's still not going to change his mind. Yeah. Right? When you so, argue with an idiot, they'll always beat you with yes, their experience. Yeah. yeah. So I, it, it was really, and then it was delete, delete and block. Yeah. I went into this, like, you don't like me. You're out of my life. You're dead. <laughs> you know, that was a strategy. That didn't really work either because yeah. you can't delete and block everyone from your life. So now it's just um, talking to who it is that you, you want to talk to and ignore yeah. the rest. Like, yeah. I'm not going to give attention to, to that. And a lot of times my audience comes and stands up for me. I mean, I even do this in my programs. My Full Body Reset all has private groups. And those in my programs know I do not tolerate excuses. I won't validate them because it doesn't serve anyone to validate mm. your excuse. If I say, yes, that sucks, you should just give up, it never does not help serve you. So it's not that I say you're lame for having an excuse. I just don't speak into it. We talk about what's what can we create now? What's the solution? What's the alternative? What can we do? So every now and then I'll have somebody, you know, writing in my group, like uh, everybody's saying how it works. Everything's great. They're having tremendous results. I'll get that one person that says, this doesn't work. Nothing works for me. I should have known, you know, going on this negative tangent. And I never respond, but my audience always will. Always do. They will always talk and say, go back, watch the state videos, you know, have a mindset shift. I won't even speak to them. I'm going to reward and talk to the people doing the work and trying and that care. And I know when I do a video on Facebook Live or wherever, I'm adding value. I'm not doing it for my health. I'm going to add value, so I'll ground myself. What's my intention? Who am I talking to? And then I just deliver to them. Yeah, right. Okay, so you're very on point. Yes. And then it's also about listening to feedback in some ways. Like, yeah, if you've been going on video every day for a year and nobody is interested in your stuff, you got to look at that too. Yeah. You know, like maybe I'm better at writing, you know? So, so just being open to feedback and what's coming back. Did you suck back. at first when it comes to video? Who doesn't suck yeah. at video at first? Oh, yeah. I haven't met anyone. Like, and again, that's what, um, one of the things that I like to do in one of my programs is I show my very first video. 
Uh, it was a three-minute video yeah. uh, that took eight hours to film and okay. it was blended together from three yeah. different takes. And it was the fuck fest. It was like literally, oh, yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. Like, <laughs> this is a total screwball. But what I find is when people go that, they, they watch that, they're like, oh, my God, like you really sucked. It's like, well, yeah, we all yes, do. everyone does. When we first start. That's important to realize because you think, you know, much like fitness, people think that they should start with the good body before no. they actually look after it. No. And in social media, we don't start with great content. We've just got to start with what we've got. You know, I, I, as I speak on growing social media, and I always say, I put pictures up, and I put, like, that perfect girl up um, that looks all perfect in a thong and whatever, trashy looking even, and I'll say, what do you think of when you see this? And people get mean, like, she's trashy, she's horrible, this is me. Like, all this hate starts coming out. Yeah, wow. And then you put, like, a normal person up just smiling, like, what is this? What does this give you? If you're like, oh, I want to help them. It makes me happy. So it's just, it's not about that perfection. It's about being real. Yeah. So even if somebody sucks on video, what would it look like if they jump on video and say, okay, guys, I'm super nervous. I've never done a video before, and I know I'm going to probably suck, so bear with me. Instantly, when you do that, what happens? I mean, people are compassionate. They want, they're like, you're doing great. This is good. You can do it. So it's just about being real and being vulnerable. So... A lot of people are saying Facebook, like the run for Facebook is over. You know, if you haven't established yourself on Facebook as of you know 2018, it's going to be increasingly difficult to do that from here. Do you, do you subscribe to that? Well, it depends on what your goals are. I mean, you don't. I sure I have 1.8 million people on Facebook. All 1.8 are not my customers. Mm. I mean, how many customers and fans do you actually really need to get your message out there? So not necessarily. I know um, you could start social media, and if you if your message reaches a hundred solid people. That's still that's a way to launch a business or yeah. get your message out there. So I think that's another self-imposed stop to say, I'm not going to go there. You know, there's a lot of ways to get your message out there. Why does it hurt to add it to Facebook? Who cares? So if, if someone was listening to this and they're like wanting to, they're, they're wanting to go, you know what? Okay, I've been meaning to do Facebook. You know, I'm over 40, I'm over 50, whatever it is. I'm in business and I, I think it's a young man's sport, young girl's sport, but I'm going to give Facebook a crack. What would be the best three pieces of advice or five pieces of advice or just... Okay, here's what to do. If you wanted to penetrate Facebook now as a brand, as a business, regardless of whether you're a fitness trainer or a dog walker, mm-hmm. like what would be some advice you'd give somebody? Yeah, it would be the same thing I would give for every social media platform. The first thing is, well, this is figure out. Yes. <laughs> first of all, first and foremost, figure out what problem it is that you have a solution to. Yeah, like right. what is that first? Like what is your message out there? Like, like it doesn't matter if it's something you feel has been overdone. What's your message? Like what are you solving? And get really clear on that. And then don't just limit yourself to Facebook. Do it a lot of places. And I I teach something called uh, content value over time when it comes to social media and using connector platforms. Content value over time means you put something out there and it's going to grow and get better. How do you do that? So when you look at YouTube, for instance, you put a video on YouTube, my best videos that have 10 million views, they've been out for years. Mm. They're not new. They get better over time, right? When you put something on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're there for a minute. And then they pretty much die unless you run an ad to it or unless they're getting shared. So how can you take that content and link it to a connector platform so that it grows? So I use Pinterest a lot for that. You can put a video on Facebook. You can then um, grab the URL from that and make a pin card, put it on Pinterest and link it to Facebook. So now it's out there growing yeah. and getting better over time. So there's, I don't necessarily do that all the time anymore, but yeah. when I was growing it, I would do things like that. That's a good way to cross promote your platforms as well. Yes, always. And it's not just about putting something on Twitter and pushing it to Instagram or whatever. That's not really great for each site. Yeah. You want it to look unique for each site, but you can link around. Yeah. You could take a Facebook post and put that link on Twitter with, with a post. You could, 
you know, go on Snapchat and film that you just did a big live on Facebook. You could just, you could share around what you're doing. Is it also important to be, like, like I'm going to assume that would be a part of the mix, but you want to make sure you're dominating with like a, as much original content on the platforms as possible? What's, I don't know what's that. You mean that? original to yourself or original to uh, other native, people? Native, native to the platforms. I think it is key to do that. So like if it's I put something. one of the things I've seen on like with YouTube links. Yeah, Showing so, a YouTube link, you're going to get suppressed. Yes, for instance, if I put, let's say I have a blog on my website. Yeah. Instead of just sharing the blog to Facebook, what I'll typically do is write the information on Facebook. And then in the comments, I'll put a link to the blog. Yeah, right. So it, there's a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. And Pinterest, you've actually been able to monitor, like, which is one yeah. of those. Yeah. Pinterest is awesome. In fact, I have a Pinterest program. I don't talk about it much, but I made a program called getpinfinity.com, which is, teaches you how to use Pinterest to grow other platforms. So why Pinterest? Like, because it has content value over time. Yeah, Pinterest right. is very visual. It shows up in Google. When you Google anything, I see Pinterest and YouTube. That's what I see. Pinterest and YouTube come up. So why wouldn't I use that? Why not? And if everyone else thinks you shouldn't use Pinterest, that's what I should be using. Yeah, right. Who do you follow on social media? Oh my gosh, it vary. I follow people that I'm actually that are clients or friends. That's okay. usually there. Um, and then I follow people that make me happy when I see their stuff in the feed. Um, so you won't see me following anyone that makes me feel bad about myself. For instance, <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow a lot of fitness people because I don't mean just bad like my body or whatever, but bad as in. If, if I find myself in this comparison game of, oh, why is she, she's doing all this, I should be doing that, that is not, does not serve me or my audience well. Because now I'm distracted from what I actually am creating because I think I need to be doing this other thing. And I get lost focusing that on that. So I, unless I'm actually friends with them, I'm probably not following just a random fitness person. Um, and then I, I follow people that, that lift me up, that's motivational to me. So like I'll always follow Oprah because I want to see what's happening on her feed. Or it's anyone that makes me feel enlightened, empowered, that's what I want to follow. And I, I always tell people that are going through their own personal development changes, like unfollow people that don't make you feel good about yourself. Mm. Because if you feel jealous, hate, distracted when you look at social media, then you're using it like junk TV. Mm. Make it something that's empower that's going to empower you. What we put in, what we get out, right? Yes. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier when the start of this conversation how you're focusing now more on communities. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting when you look at a lot of the algorithm updates that um, Zuckerberg has been pushing through with Facebook. They, they seem to be having the same kind of ideas. Yes. Where they want to be taking the conversations, or not the conversation, they want to be taking the emphasis away from brands mm-hmm. and they want to be putting it back onto connections and conversations yes which kind of hints a lot at, like you know the push for groups and the push for communities um is this a part of the strategy that you've, you've started to execute in the last couple so of years I, it wasn't because of anything i read or someone told me it was really because of my own Just what you saw. my own journey yeah. on not feeling fulfilled i don't know if you can relate to this but sometimes you and I've heard this happen with entrepreneurs, you get, you'll get almost too big, you have all these followers and you just feel empty. It's like, what, am, what are all these people following me for? I don't even feel like I have a connection. And it got to the point where I didn't even want to be out in public seeing people because they would, at one point, people would recognize me from online and I felt like everyone always wanted me to be on and I just never felt real. Yeah, it was wow. like, okay, they're waiting for me to do a handstand or something. <laughs> like, Dance monkey. Right, I just yeah. felt very, it started feeling shallow. Like okay, I don't right. really know what this is. So I went on my own journey um, with personal development and learning more about emotional intelligence. And what I saw for myself was that the the almost the bigger I was getting online, the more lonely I was getting. Yeah, right. And I started to feel that I didn't have any real connections, that everything was for something. Like um, every, anyone I was meeting, it was for me to be on their thing or to help them, or it, there was no real connection. And I started showing up in my results on my, my weight loss 
my clients I, they, in my programs. I thought the more I pull myself away from connecting with them, the results aren't as great. So I, I started looking at how can I go deeper with people and get better results. And I really made it a focus. So I started building groups around my programs. Um, I started doing using Zoom. Zoom is, I love Zoom um, because it is like live video conferencing. And I started just really making it a point to connect with people deeper. And that has been that has been the tool that ha- that turned my business back around, that, yeah, that wow. helped grow, that helped create raving fans, that allowed me to create a higher price point even. I wasn't even looking at it like that initially, but I can't connect personally with that many people without raising prices, right? Yeah, so it allowed me to bring that up. Okay. And so it allowed you to bring premium level services in as well. Yeah. So for instance, now I, I do a VIP weekend, which is for my top, top clients um, that come in. They spend a lot for the weekend, but they get a lot out of it. And I put so much into them where, you know, someone could buy one of my programs for $30, but you pay 6000 to spend a weekend with me. It's a, it's a whole different level. Have you noticed also, like one of the, th- the things that I find fascinating within communities is the stronger the communities, the more self-supportive that they become. Absolutely. Because one of the things that I see a lot of things, uh, well, a belief that holds a lot of entrepreneurs back is, well, how do I scale this? I'm just one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's the leadership question. So like, well, yes. how does a leader lead? They create more yes. leaders. Yep. So is this something that you have done just as, by virtue of you being a strong leader or is it something you've done consciously within your communities whereby you provided a level of value, you provide a level of service, but you've also done it in such a way where you encourage people to participate as yes. their own leaders within your community, then recognize them as such publicly so it encourages more of that same behavior. Big time. And I don't think I had it that methodical, but that has been what happens. Yeah. Um, so for instance, I have some groups that higher level groups that those that show up huge in my programs, I give them complimentary access or I get like I reward people that show up huge and they in turn typically want to help give back and, and when help you reward, others. So you reward, like, is that like public acknowledgement? It's a little of everything. Yeah. So for instance, um, people that do my full body reset, when they have success with it, um, they're invited to join my elite program. And my elite program is invite only. They, they pay for it, but it's an elite program where they continue to have calls with me every week as a group and we go over bigger life goals. So not yeah, just right. fitness and nutrition. And there are some people that showed up so huge in my full body reset, I just give that to them for free. Yeah, or right. I'm, So I... If someone's showing up huge, I'm going to reward them. Um, I don't. I don't even tell them that's happening ahead of time. It just inevitably happens. And I watch. I watch them. They treat my business like it's their own business. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, they're coaching others, telling people about my programs. It's it's really incredible, and it's so much more rewarding than how I used to do things. Like that connection, that going deep and working with others to bring up their leadership. It just it's so much more rewarding. It is, isn't it? Yes. And it makes us better, better ourselves. Like For more- sure. The closer the proximity with others that we have, the more for work sure. that we have to do. So um, I'm curious, like, what's next from here for you? Gosh, like, yeah, you've got a book coming out. Yeah, it's I. You know, I've never, I've never been one to have the grand five year plan. I need, okay. I talk about it, and I've, <laughs> I'm, I've, I change according to what's happening and what my, what people are asking for. Yeah, right. right now, my big focus is doing more of my VIP weekends because I absolutely okay. love doing them, and that's when I have you know ten to twenty people together at one time. I want to do bigger things with that. I love it. So how do you run that? Is that done on site in a resort, in a yeah, house? Yeah. Like? So I did the first two I did at my house. Okay. I invited people literally to my house. Wow. I, I was scared to do it and wow. it was amazing. I said, come. Are you, are you introvert, extrovert, ambivert? So it's funny that you should ask that. Yeah. Until I did the emotional intelligence work, I would have said I'm introverted. Okay. And that people always thought I was extroverted, but that I'm, I'm introvert. 
now I really feel that that was a protection mechanism. Like I didn't want people to get too close. I didn't want to get out there and connect. So I started thinking I was an introvert, but I actually do really feel well when I talk with other people and okay. connect. It doesn't mean I don't need a recovery or a break yeah. after. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to define it anymore. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I couldn't define myself until someone said, oh, you're just ambivert. And I was like, well, I'm I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's a combination of both. So maybe that's what I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the VIP weekend, um, I did the first two at my house, yeah. and it scared me to death that I'm having these people at my house that I don't know. It ended up being amazing. Um, but it's gotten to the point it's a little overwhelming to have at my house. Okay. <laughs> so I'm the next one's at a resort. Yeah, right. So, yeah. And so that, that's like three days structured. So like the next one I have uh, coming up September 28th, it's, um, we're doing it at the Monarch Dana Point, and okay. it's, I'll have up to 20 women. And yeah, oh. it's three days, and we do, I say change your state, plan your plate, love your weight. So we go deep with that mindset piece first because that's everything. Okay. Um, figuring out who they, what they want to step into, what those goals are. And then we'll go deep into the nutrition and the workouts, but in a way that relates to their new mindset. Okay. Three, uh, three pieces of advice for someone over the age of 40 who's starting a new business and yep. they're afraid of social media. Number one, stop saying I'm over 40 and I'm too old. That's a self-imposed stop. So I never say that, by the way. Like, yeah, I feel, but people but do say it. I mean, it's when not I was, until I started getting fit. You know what's really interesting? It's not until I started getting fit, until I started hearing about this fit over 40 movement. Yeah. Because I, I went through this massive body transformation in the last two years. And when I did that, like people started saying, oh, my God, you're fit over 40. I was like, what the, what's the number got to do with it? Like, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy how we did I know when I first, when I was 39, I said, I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine. That was my random fitness goal. And I had friends laugh at me. They're like, you're 39. Like, that's, and I've been on, I've been on nine covers from wow. 39 to 47. Like, that's, nobody had done that. So, and it's to the point where it's funny. I knew Muscle and Fitness called me last year, and they said, hey, we want to put you on our cover. And I said, I'm thinking, oh, they must think I'm 30, you know. Like, you do know I'm 46, right? They're like, yeah, that's why we want you. I'm like, darn it. Wow. It happened with prevention. Just yeah. recently they called me. They wanted me to face of their new uh, DVD. And I was like, you do know I'm 46, right? They're like, yeah, that's why we want you. So it's, I do it too. It's that self-imposed stop. So the first thing is stop saying it. Like, yeah. why can't you be the one to define what that looks like? You, yeah. It's not too late. It is if you say it's too late. So just go. That's one. And um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is stop trying to analyze what you're supposed to do online and just be yourself mm. and figure out what it is that you have to offer. It doesn't matter that somebody else is doing something similar or whatever. You're, everybody's unique. You know how many people do fitness and nutrition programs? Like a million people yeah. do them. It's not, I'm not. But what's amazing is there's still people breaking through every day in fitness. That's right. Every that's day. right. I was told that no one would do a VI, pay for v, uh, mentorship or VIP with fit. I'm like, why not? Like, I just, I don't listen to that. I just do it. Okay. Best piece of a business advice you've ever received? Oh, to embrace failure. Mm. What does failure mean to you? So failure is very real, and I don't know anybody super successful that hasn't had new, multiple failures. Um, failure means that you had an expectation that wasn't, that wasn't met, really, and it, and it can destroy you or you can, it can empower you. And um, I've had multiple failures, and but the lesson on the other side of it is always amazing and propels you forward. So do you have a conscious relationship with failure, like the way that you deal with it when yes. it shows up in your yes. life? Yes, and I deal with it a lot. And I mean, my the biggest story I had uh, was, I've had lots of them, but I, when I did my first book, um, Unprocess Your Diet, 7-Day Jumpstart, my whole motive for the book was ego. It was like, 
oh, I'm gonna have my book in Barnes and Noble. I'm gonna hit New York Times bestseller. Like I'm, I don't not hit goals. Like this is what's happening. And I would tell my publisher and my agent, like I'm hitting New York Times. I told everybody, every podcast went, oh, I'm gonna hit New York Times. Like it was just putting it out there. But I never, it was all ego. It was really all ego. And that week, uh, the book was launched. I sold more books than anybody that week. I, the, I sold more books than I remember Gwyneth Paltrow that week. And she was on New York Times. And I, and I remember my agent calling me and saying, you didn't hit New York Times. And I was just dumbfounded. Like, what do you mean I didn't hit New York Times? And it, it like, it crushed me. And I, I went into this depression for a week. I had just finished this massive book that was USA Today bestseller. It was in stores everywhere. I had countless reviews. It was number one on Amazon. And I went into a depression because it hadn't hit New York Times. Like, what was wrong with me? Yeah. And I felt like a failure. I mean, I really felt like a failure. And my life's over. And why am I even in fitness? And what am I doing? And who do I think I am to write a book? And I, I, I was letting it define me as a failure. And... I remember being super depressed about it, and I called uh, my good friend Lewis, my friend Lewis House. I yeah. called him, and he had hit New York Times, and he said, "Gosh, Natalie, you know what? I've, this has happened to others too." Like it, he was kind of validating my excuse. Yeah, it sucks, you know. Every, you know, and I kept, and then my husband came up to me and he said, "I know you're super depressed about this, and you don't want to talk about it, but let me just show you something." And he showed me on Amazon. I had over 500 reviews of people whose lives I had changed, and it it hit me like what the heck? Like, what was I doing this for? Was I doing it to help people or was I doing it for ego? Mm. And what's that about? And I shifted my whole perspective. And it, it really, it changed how I looked at my business and what I was doing and what was rewarding. And this new book I have coming out, I can, I don't care at all about New York Times. I don't care. I'm trying to reach more people so I can help them now. Yeah, right. So that's an example. So most failures, it's all how you look at it. And, you know, I've had financial failures. I've had all kinds of things happen. Um, it's Would all you say what you take like, from it. it's almost like failure is this critical key ingredient in making and baking the most incredible cake that most people are, I love are that. too afraid to put into the mix? Yeah, I love that. I'll tell you another another quick story that um, this this last year, I my business was because I had broken away from connecting. I had, I told you I built my business connecting with people and being authentic, yeah. and I had gotten almost too big for it. Like I'm not going to connect. No one can get to me. Um, and I went into this marketing spiral. Like, oh, I have to market more. I have, if I hire the right person, if I spend them more, more money, if I do this. And I spent a ton of money on marketing people. I, I got the best in the business. Like, I'm going to have all these amazing marketing people. I'm going to spend all this money, and that's what's going to work. And it was an epic fail. Like, epic fail. We, I put all this money into this marketing material. I launched a product that way and didn't even come close to covering even a quarter of the cost I had spent on it. Yeah. And I went, same thing, feeling like a failure. Who do I think I am? But what it taught me was when I actually connect with people and do things, I turn it around. And I remember I went on Zoom and I offered something on the whim that I wanted to help people with. And I recapped like half that money in five minutes just by connecting and being real. And it was a big lesson again. Like here I'm thinking I have to do all this stuff. I could have taken it as a failure or what did I learn from it? When I pull back and don't connect, it doesn't work. I go and connect and it turns it around. Yeah. So it's all how we look at those failures. And I think you've, you've ended this really well because I wanted to move into what I call final thoughts, which okay. is like well, what's the final thought you'd like to leave yeah. people with? Um, and I've got, I've got a theme that's underlying here, but I'd like okay. to know the, your final thought. Sure. Yeah. My final thought. Oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> What's my final thought? 20,000 a day, apparently. Um, but that's okay. My final thought, thought is that mindset's everything, yeah. really. It's changing your state. And I'm a student of that also. I don't have it perfected. Yeah. I know when I'm in a downward spiral, that's usually what's going on. When I coach others, that's what's going on. When anything's not working for anybody, that's what's going on. It's mm. changing that state. And it's so important to look at that versus all these outside variables. It's what's in our heads and how are we looking at things. Mm. 
my final thought from this conversation is, yeah, I think you really highlighted the power of connection, you know, and mm-hmm. that's something that I think people coming into social media now need to be really focused on. Yes. Like, it's the power. It's not, it's not the vanity metrics. It's, um, it's mm-hmm. that connection. It's yes, that relationship. Absolutely. And the, the stronger our communities are, that we construct to, to engage in that, yeah, the stronger the relationship. And if you're be. scared of connection, get help and learn it because yeah. that's something else. A lot of strong people are scared of connection. They're scared of it. And it's to bust through that. Yeah, cool. So where can we find out more about you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, NatalieJillFitness.com or okay. NatalieJillFit on social. And you book coming out? Yes, I've got my second book coming out. It's called Aging in Reverse. Aging in Reverse. Yes. I love the sound. And it'll be out, um, it will be out in uh, May, so quite some time. Okay. And you're across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Everywhere. And even YouTube and Pinterest, yes. which is remarkable. Yes. I'm Natalie Jill Fit everywhere except YouTube is Natalie Jill Fitness. Okay. Natalie, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you in here. I really look forward Thank to you. catching up and chatting again. Yes, awesome. Thank, Thank you. Having, you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com. And also check us out on social media at Kerwin Ray.